As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon. Hey Joel, remember when I said we are done talking about E3? I lied. <laughs> and then some other stuff about games. Quacks. Are they serious? Do they know what they're doing? Yeah, we'll find out. Stay tuned. Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, the number one station. I'm Taylor Swift. I listen to CFRU every day. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor Swift. I'm Miley Cyrus. I, I too, like Taylor Swift, listen to CFRU. Hi, I'm Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> CFRU is my favorite channel. Oh my, all these celebrities and big time stars. Surely the station can stay open now. Everybody in Australia listens to the show. <laughs> I, I'm from England. I'm a celebrity from England. I don't know. Uh, uh, what's, what's the name guy from Notting Hill? <laughs> What's Hugh the, Grant? Hugh, oh, I'm Hugh Grant. <laughs> England is a strong country. CFO is a Hugh strong Grant. radio station. Uh, please keep CFRU running. Please, so that, give, please donate. Please give generously. Call now. One eight eight. One triple eight to donate. CFR channel. Don't donate blood, and then when you're donating blood, you can say, "I'm donating on behalf of CFRU," and the nurse will look at you and say, "CFR what?" <laughs> And then it won't make a difference. <laughs> Just like everything in life, nothing matters. Oh, speaking of giving blood, though, if you heard of this, um, there are <clears> some <throat> scientists in somewhere. <laughs> scientists <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Who have We're managed to... <laughs> they've converted three of the blood types into O positive, which is the... Is it O positive or O negative? The one that... The universal blood. So I think the... So O positives can give to anyone yes. who is positive. O negatives can give to everyone, anyone, period, I think. Okay. So they've managed to convert blood to O negative. So they turn it into the like the Swiss Army knife of blood. The, tr the troubles of getting the right blood are over. Well, I wonder how expensive it is. But if it's a simple procedure, be, yeah. and hopefully these are like not not maybe uh, some giant pharmaceutical conglomerate that sits there and says, I intend to squeeze the yeah. people. They put a drop of magic <clears throat> on it. A drop of magic. <laughs> <laughs> it just like turns into whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um, Kayla is oh, the one that you can give to the only the positives or whatever. B Her, positive. B positive. Uh, I don't even know what my blood type is. I don't care. Uh, I, I figure if it comes down to that, I've got bigger problems to worry about. But I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one. Of, wait, with like the the O's. One of the O's. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Kel's father <laughs> is the universal donor, and oh, they, they're always calling him up. I don't know the last time he donated those, so maybe I have to shame him next time. But he's been working his rear end off with us, so I can't, you know. My dad decided <sighs> to take a master's degree when I was a child Okay. at the University of Edinburgh. So I was within a 10-year period of mad cow disease, mm -hmm. and I cannot donate blood. I always thought that's kind of... 
how long before we know you've got mad cow? <laughs> I was five. Like, I, I get mad? it. Do you remember how scary it was? I didn't even when, lick any cows. <laughs> when mad cow was going on, the ho- foot and mouth disease. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm still terrified of not necessarily the mad cow disease specifically, but the, the, pre- the prions, the, the things that actually eat your brain are horrifying mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely dis- disgusting and apparently they're they're hyper resistant to you can't destroy them i remember watching i think it was a frontline or a nova about these things and the scientists are so paranoid when they're experimenting with them that they've got these chainmail gloves on just oh. so that they can't no chance of contact Cutting with them yeah. they've exposed them to like extreme temperatures and the crazy like kind of like hey uh scientist hans pick a crazy number and he says this and like all right let's do it <laughs> and then <laughs> All right, let's check the print. They're still there. No, they're so powerful. <laughs> Holy. I don't know. Horrifying stuff. And they eat your brains. It's like, like the beginning of a, a science fiction horror movie. Yeah. I, I find, and I don't know about you, Joel, but I, I, for me, there's um, disease movies like plague spreading are horrifying to me. Yeah. I find them very, very scary. So much more than like monster movies. Well, yeah, like it's time and a place but for me that maybe that's why i like zombie movies still i find like a good zombie flick is basically a plague movie because it's infectious because it's infectious and things spread and really like like 28 days later when just like the crow is standing on the line and just a drop of blood yeah, just gets just in the, the guy's eyes oh that's horrible. Like, horrible you're not safe anywhere it's also, not like i'm a good fighter <laughs> i'm gonna be fine for yeah, seven seasons hit of walking blood dead, gets here well, it's like that part always got me. It's like, come on, dude, you've done so well, but you're gonna stand underneath a lamppost with a body over. How'd the body get on the lamppost? And <laughs> just gonna look straight up. Ah, whatever. It's a good movie. It's, it's Twenty Days of Changed Movies. Yeah, changed the zombie flick. Like the zombie movie genre is dead. Uh, ha, no pun intended. Ha. Uh, until Twenty Days Later came, and then I think revitalized it. And then yeah. and uh, the new the Dawn of the Dead remake I think did a decent job as well. I I do not hate that movie. I think the intro is still remarkable. <laughs> with uh, man comes around, set to the montage of again my favorite thing, like society crumbling and like things spreading, mm, and it's like yeah. it's out of control. We can't stop this. Like, oh my god, that's horrifying. Pandemic. Pandemic. Um, it's always the radio station. The radio station always gets hit at the moment that they're making the broadcast. Yeah. It's, <laughs> why would, uh, ah, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> the zombies went straight for the lines. <laughs> you know what would be even more earring? Okay. We should probably put a scene like this into our real movie that's okay. really going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, is if we had a radio station, they're broadcasting uh, something terrible happening. Yeah. But the camera keeps rolling. Yeah. And you see it all. What do you mean? Like what's happening in the station? Or? Nobody's controlling the camera. Maybe the camera—it's yeah. knocked askew or something because the cameraman's gotten eaten. It's, but it's a decent. You see a whole bunch of staff, and they're just getting mowed down, and just just—it's pretty it horrifying. Just sits there for like well, that's twenty why, seconds. That's why I find stuff like exactly what you're describing, where like security footage or basically things that are set up, uh, maybe bouncing between camera shots, where it's a static shot, but it feels like you're almost like it's the postmortem. You're going through and watching what happens and it's just like you can't do anything about it and there's something so matter of fact about yeah. like watching like some... you're always there for the bite but what if you just had somebody lying on the ground and somebody just just <laughs> mowing away at him just that's horrible chomping down pulling out the brain and <laughs> pulling out the brain <laughs> it's delicious i'm gonna smush that person and get out of here but well that's the uh, dawn of the dead the seven, 1978 i think it's 78 maybe it's 1980 um, which is the best zombie movie ever made, in my opinion. 
the beginning of it I find is still scary. And it's set to that it has, and for me, that's what um, something again that a good soundtrack really can pull things in different direction. But um, it's got that that pulsing kind of um, I don't want to say trance. There's another name for it. Um, soundtrack by Dario Argento's band Goblin, and it's just this boom, 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 and it's got that that eerie Italian keyboard and stuff going in like. <laughs> But it just sounds so eerie, and the the aesthetic of the the era is horrible. So it almost enhances how just disturbing everything is. But yeah, this this TV station that's in chaos, and people are throwing plates or, or papers around, and the producer is trying to keep things on track, and they're trying to do this serious program, and uh, they're displaying like uh, emergency shelter crawls at the bottom, and the producer's like, "Get that shit off the screen," and he's like, "Oh no no no, we you're you're or no what was they're still sending people to bad shelters like they they've said these are shelters are compromised, but they're still running them because he wants the ratings. So the person turns them off, and he wants them turned back on to get yeah. the ratings again in the end of the world, and it's just like. <laughs> Gotta oh, get man. those ratings. But it's the music, and it's just this p- incredible editing, incredible just pacing and setup of it all. And I think um, the only thing that comes close as far as music for me is Contagion, which is the Soderbergh film, which I saw on a plane coming back from, I think it was coming back from Korea. So I was leaving Narita, coming to Toronto, and I'm watching Contagion on a plane. I'm feeling very disturbed. <laughs> it actually <laughs> disturbed me. And it's just got this incredible uh... Cliff Martinez soundtrack that's got this just, this, this, this progression just this the sound of things kind of like just the music almost enhances the idea of something spreading and it's the it just the music's kind of getting a little bit louder and kind of like enhancing just kind of the sickening synthy music of it the contagious mm. soundtracks i used to throw on all the time when we played pandemic and it was like this is perfect <laughs> it is perfect <laughs> kind of reminds me of um i'm reading this book right now called 15 dogs it's uh one there's some kind of contest here in canada for best book and is it the giller yeah. Or Scotiabank. Well, Scotiabank Giller Prize, whatever. Yeah. And um, it's the concept is they <clears> gave <throat> human intelligence to 15 dogs. Uh, the Greek gods are real. And they gave, uh, I think, uh, Hermes and Apollo made a bet and said that one of them, not a single one of them would die happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so they give human intelligence to 15 dogs. They break out of a kennel. They start a pack together, uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. But there's this one part where... There's like kind of a conniving dog and he is being uh, mounted all the time because he's not very strong. He's a small dog. So he finds a place. He's known in the past people that will leave out poisoned food to get rid of pets. Oh, pets. that's horrible. I've heard of that. Yeah. And so he brings them to it and like gets them to eat and pretends oh, no. to eat and like kills off all of the like really nasty dominant dogs. Oh, jeez. But oh, man, just to, just the thought of like just... It would be so easy to be poisoned at any time. You know? <laughs> it's just like, we're always eating shit. <laughs> How did we get on to that? <laughs> it's well, you were talking about contagion and just started me thinking about it. <laughs> Flying out of Korea. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and... Speaking of eating poison in Korea. food in Korea. Um, I got news for you. Yeah. Uh, brand new uh, Korean chicken place just opened downtown. Opened two days ago. Uh, we went yesterday after we left your place. The fried chicken place. I Kale pointed out when it's we were good. walking. Yeah, it's just got the popcorn chicken, you know, that you'd expect from like a street vendor. I never and got the popcorn got, chicken. It's got you know chicken wings and chicken burgers. Does it? Do they? Can you actually get fried chicken though? No, that's weird, right? Hmm. Like you would think you'd get some pieces, but he, he's brand new. Maybe he's 
experimenting with menu. Everything you described, I never had in He's Korea. He's got like actually. six items right now. That's so. perfect. Keep it. You know what? Maybe add the fried chicken that Jack yeah, is requesting. Got to get the fried chicken. I mean, he's got <clears throat> fried chicken in a burger. Surely you could just take that out of the burger. Yeah, just like <laughs> cut out the middleman and <laughs> leave out some empty carbs. But yeah. that's what was weird for people who don't know. In Korea, for some reason, fried chicken is everyone loves fried chicken. But for some reason, I've never seen it more ubiquitous in. In a country I was not expecting to see it, and it was always in weird places. Like they're all, for us we would go to we called it the fried chicken place, but it was uh, it was modeled after a German pub. It was mm. like so it was like something Hof, they're the house of uh, beer Hof. <laughs> they love Hof, Hof, yeah. Yeah, and it's like okay, that's fine, but the inside was bizarre. It's like this mashup of Germany, Korea, and I don't know the Western uh, the the Western ideal of like a sports bar. But did they have the chilled yes, cup they, holders? Yes, they had the chilled cup Mwah. holders. So you had these every, when you, you're when you're going out to have one drink in Korea, you, you they have these every table in some of these places, not everything has the, these tables with these cup holders. You put them in these smaller glasses that you actually would get in Europe, and it, they instantly start being. They keep them cool, which is fine. But usually you've got a problem if you're not drinking your beer fast enough that it's like it's getting warm. But yeah. And they always had this, they had this projections, or they had the screen up where they were projecting music videos onto it. But yeah. it was like the same six music videos on the loop. And it just, it started driving me crazy after a while. Oh, this fried chicken place got K-pop going. Oh. oh. Troublemaker. Oh. I hate K-pop. I, it's such a bizarre <laughs> subculture that I don't get why people get obsessed with it. I, I think it is a cry for help. It's attention I... and help. Maybe they're just they like the beautiful people, Jack. Maybe, but it's it's. I, I am I I look I see a friend of ours, his girlfriend, uh, walks around with a leather jacket that's from a popular K-pop band, and um, I, it makes zero sense to me whatsoever. And the music's all indistinguishable as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you can yeah, point out it's like pretty much the, all the same. And there's usually like twenty people in the band. <laughs> the whole thing about eyelid surgery. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the Sam was pointing out yesterday, definitely those K-pop stars. Well, for people Put who aren't aren't sure what Joel's referring to, and uh, famously, you everyone knows Gangnam, but Gangnam in Korea was known for it's not only costing a lot of money, but my impression, at least from what I was told, was that that's where a lot of plastic surgeons were to be yeah. set up shop. So. Um, it was a type of procedure to have. You go to if you and people would make jokes about uh, Gangnam surgeries, and it, the eyelid surgery is for the double eyelids because um, it was considered to be an ideal aesthetic or an ideal look. So a lot of times you'd see, and it was fairly common. The stigma have, that's here is not there. No, it's totally not at all. normal, and everybody will openly tell you. They, Even yeah. without you asking that they've had plastic surgery. Ex oh, what did you do this weekend? Plastic oh, surgery. Got some plastic and surgery. it's people spend, like, you save up for it, or it's, like, considered to be a gift from your parents to yeah. get this surgery. Graduation present. Graduation usually. present. It's incredible to see. Um, anyway, that's uh, Korea. <laughs> uh, Android's Dungeon show about <laughs> 15 minutes of uh, uh, tangents, and Jack and Joel, again, reminiscing about Korea. You can check oh, us out on Twitter at 80RadioCFRU. You can email us at AndroidsDungeon at CFRU.ca. And check us out on Insta. Insta. Yeah, some, the first person <laughs> who's not the station or uh, going to my spam folder. Uh, Instagram at AndroidsDungeonCFRU. And uh, hopefully the Instagram can start getting updated more recently or frequently when we actually get set up again. Because like, I, yeah. like we've said, we've, we've, we're rebuilding the 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 gaming room 
setup. It's it's mostly just haven't had any time to, to play a board game or haven't had space really. It doesn't feel good set going in the basement and it's, when it's like a disaster and playing a game. You're playing a really big board game, which is building setting up house. It's it's not it's a very exhausting. It's a game of attrition. Attrition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could probably make a game out of it, but I don't know if I'd want to play it. It's like, give me PTSD. <laughs> one time, just once. Just once, and then done. But <laughs> one uh, and done. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Well, I've had an opportunity. We went to good old J and J's. Shout out to J and J's in Kitchener. Definitely give it a try. It's does not look like a game shop on the outside. It is a hobby shop. I think it says collectibles and hobbies. And something. their website's terrible. Even though they did it again, they they, re- they changed their website. They revamped it so now it's usable. Yeah. But it does. If you were just looking around and you go to their website, you would look at it and say, I, I, I why would I shop here? Because it starts off with this awful like they've got a scrolling banner, which is fine. But the banner starts with an image of, like, these collectible sort of figurines that look like they belong on Christmas or on your grandma's shelf or something. And it's just, like, compared to, like, 401 Games or Board Game Bliss. Board Game Bliss is a fairly rudimentary website. But 401 Games, for example, it should be the one you're copying. Unless you're going, like, I don't know, something brand new here. But not a good website. Not selling it. <laughs> the other thing about J&J is they've got a, a dedicated uh, sort of guide. And uh, I don't know if you ever go to, I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody goes to Foot Locker. Um, <laughs> Does Foot Locker exist? Maybe Best Buy. Yeah. And you get approached by someone who wants to help you. Well, uh, sales associates, floor sales. Sales associate, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 usually you do not want them, right? Unless you're looking for something and you <clears> haven't <throat> found it and maybe they can help you out. But um, this guy, this guy, uh, well, these guys, because usually it's sometimes a different guy really know what they're doing and they're pretty they're pretty practical so we were in there and i was looking at uh, carpe diem mm-hmm. and uh, i was had it in my hands i was probably gonna buy it and then uh, he came up and said uh oh you know if you like you like stuff you might actually be pretty disappointed in this game which is incredible he must have heard <laughs> you talking because the yeah. idea of him slapping a game out of someone's hands essentially he said it was a worse version of castles of burgundy which we have and we haven't played yet yeah, yeah. so play castles of burgundy <laughs> well at least give that a try first yeah. right that yeah so the, was this is this the fellow with the hat and the goatee yeah, nice guy. And this is something that I think, I don't know if I talked to you about it, just a slight side bar here. Uh, my friend, friend of the show, not on the show, but friend of the show, one of the dedicated listeners who actually know listens, uh, <laughs> Justin in Sault Ste. Marie, he was at the, one of his local game stores. There's a place right downtown Sault Ste. Marie, more of a, can you believe it, kind of a miniatures place, but they happen to sell board games. And he was saying how he was there recently, and he went in, and he was looking at the shelves, and... Uh, the guy at the counter uh, wasn't busy, and Justin was just looking at the shelves, looking at shelves, and he was expecting the guy at the counter to ask him, can mm-hmm. I help you with anything, or can I, uh, do you need, are you looking for something specifically? And no, nothing happened, then some people came in, and the guy started talking to them instead, and that was, and then Justin just left. And he was very upset about this, and to the extent that he said he's not going back, because he felt the customer service was so, uh, <laughs> so poor. And so for me, maybe it's because I don't want, like, I don't need him to ask me that. It's yeah, nice. I know exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see it or I'm not going to see it. Exactly. So, but what you described, though, with board games especially, is that what what else did you have in your hand at that point? Uh, we had where Trap, trap words. words. Trap words. I keep wanting to say where words. Which is, is another game? game, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and, and unless you were looking at stuff or certain things or having to chat about it and he overheard you, I, I think I'm astounded he's told you to put Carpe yeah. Diem back. Unless I mean, they've had so many angry complaints about it. Yeah, that's what else we were looking for. But, like, we asked about Baron Park, I think, and it was sold out. And, really? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the other game. But <clears throat> basically he said, well, that one's got a 15-person back order uh, waiting for it Holy to come smoke. out. But, was uh, it Wingspan? <laughs> no. I didn't even <laughs> add. I, didn't even I made half joke about Wingspan, but he didn't even respond. Yeah, <laughs> he's, sure just he's just exhausted. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, if you want, you can put your name down and then like two shipments. You, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, basically the things we wanted, uh, they didn't have in stock. So, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we gave up, we went out to eat and we sent a text to the owner of Crossroads and, uh, sure enough, he had a copy of Quacks of Quindlinburg, which, I mean, he buys like one thing at a time, right? He's, he's a game cafe, mm-hmm. uh, but he hadn't put it out yet so lucky us uh quacks was also like 20 20 person back order just we asked about that as well really yeah wow because we, we basically went out there to to get it quacks that has been out for a while look. too so they must have trouble keeping up to demand then that's interesting yeah so let's talk about quacks <clears throat> so we got it and uh unbeknownst to me at the time but after i picked it up obviously it's right there on the box it is the 2018 Kennerspiel dr and uh, it is a pusher luck bag with builder. Some strategy, yeah, mm-hmm. bag builder. That's a that's a good. <laughs> so uh, basically, what you've got is you've got a really terrible bag of exploding onions or something like that. And um, I always want to call them cotton because they look like little cotton balls. Um, but basically, once you draw a certain amount of those, you uh, your potion explodes, and you have to choose between points or buying new tokens. Um, if you're careful and you stop at the right point, your po- your bet your potion won't explode, and then you get to get take both. Right, but victory points aren't very strong at the very beginning, um, so you might just want to keep going until you explode. But whoever gets the furthest without exploding also gets to roll a die. And that die is also very good. Can gets you some very good stuff. So the game is basically eight rounds. You finish a round by everybody just on their own, just drawing stuff out of bags and placing them on their soup, trying to get as far as they can. Did you say soup? Yeah. So you're building a soup or a potion. Um, it's, the the concept is it's an eight day festival, which in, in that in itself I think it's nine actually nine day festival. Where uh, <clears throat> you are making and selling potions to help the, <laughs> the population of this town or city or that you're in. Yeah, yeah. And you're all quacks. What's a quack, Jack? Uh, some quacker jack. Some sort of uh, <laughs> noise a duck makes when you say hello to it and give it bread. That's right. You're all, <laughs> you're all abstract sounds floating <laughs> around making soup. <laughs> hmm. Idea for game. <laughs> abstract sounds making soup. <laughs> Quack quack. Mm. <laughs> <Tasty. laughs> is that is that pumpkin? <laughs> yeah, so it's not a very tasty soup. I mean it's got spiders in it, it's got um crow's heads, crow's skulls. Uh but you do have some mushrooms and pumpkins and some tasty things, you know. Um new things get added each round, new uh different tokens basically so what happens is at the end let's say you finished at nine 
you can buy nine value worth of tokens and only a maximum of two tokens. Uh, the tokens get more expensive. Save one. This one goes one space. This one goes two space. This one goes four spaces. They get exponentially more expensive. And so you just basically take a look at what you have and you buy tokens. You put them into your bag, and that way you have less chance to draw your stupid exploding onions. So the, what are these? I'm, I've got it up on my screen here. Are these the exploding onions? Yeah, the exploding onions are the little white tokens with uh, kind of balls on a piece of green. So is it just if you draw one of them, you're, it explodes? or your Seven is safe, the mm -hmm. value of seven. So some of them are, you get one, three, two twos, and four ones. So you have a total of... Um, a ten, few. Eleven. <laughs> you have a total of eleven, uh, and if you draw more than seven, you're hooped. So... As you're going through, there are certain tokens in here which allow you to maybe put one back in the bag or uh, look ahead, and if you don't like what you drew, put it back. Oh, so you're sorry. So just to clarify, you draw, if you draw seven or more of the onions, you're, you're in trouble. Yes. That's the trigger to explode. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to get as far as you can. I think the furthest you can possibly get, you can see the spoon there is 35. So if you manage to go 33 spaces and go one more... Um, then you've done the best you possibly can, which has never happened. But uh, once you're done, once you stop, you get the square number in victory points. And if you end on a gem, you get to take a gem too. So that's only if you end on a gem? Yeah. Hmm. So it must be worth ending at 33 then, wouldn't it? Well, there is a gem at 35, isn't there? No. It doesn't look like it. Maybe not. Anyway, well, it takes two gems, and then you get to like move a little water droplet, which is it starts at zero, and you can basically start further along hmm. as you go. That's so gems are not super valuable; they're just a, a currency to improve your game. All right, so that's the overview. Uh, how long did it play? Uh, the game, the box says forty-five minutes. It says it's actually a little less than that. Because as long as everybody's just doing their thing, drawing their things, then basically it's only the upkeep that takes time. Aside from that, it's just kind of like people exclaiming, oh, I drew the three, because there's a three-valued onion, you know, that's awful. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite thing to do, well, it's not my favorite thing to do, but it keeps happening to me, is there's a special potion you can use that everybody starts with. You flip it over, and any white that you've drawn, you can put back into the bag. Say, I don't want that. Um, I always end up drawing the three, Saying, screw that, I don't want it. Flipping the potion, putting it back in the bag, shaking it up, and then immediately <laughs> drawing, drawing it again. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like five for seven on it. Or something <laughs> like that. It's pretty good. Well, that didn't do anything. Anyway, it's it's a fun game. It's, uh, it's really quick. It's actually a little bit quicker than 45 minutes, probably around 35 to 40 minutes. And then you're done. And it's... it's Almost multiplayer solitaire. I was going to say. Except can... for uh, whoever gets the furthest gets to roll that die. But that's more you're just looking at the other person seeing, like, are they going to quit yet? So you end up in the showdown of, like, oh, uh, yeah. is it worth it? Is it worth it? Although, if, like, is it when you, how many times have you played out of curiosity? Four. Four times. Wow, you yeah. picked it up four times. <laughs> well, it's pretty easy to play twice. So yeah. I played with Sam twice, and then I played with other people twice. Okay. So. Do you feel like it? There's because it is the combination of multiplayer solitaire and this push your luck. 
do you feel like things are kind of predetermined after a certain point where it's just like the because if you are doing really well you're going to roll these dice and you're going to you're obviously getting these points and you're going to mm. be doing really well is there like much of a point for somebody who's not doing as well to just kind of where you're just kind of looking over it's like i'm never catching this guy because he's already the rich get rich basically there's a couple catch up uh there's a couple blue shells so one of them is uh the scoring track has a bunch of rats along it and it's usually every two or three points um and the difference between you and the person in front you get rat tails to put in your potion and each rat tail counts as an ingredient and moves you up your starting spot so like let's say you're starting at three where you used to be starting at zero because you've moved your water drop and then you're also three three rat tails behind you start at six so you get a little bit of a bump and then in addition um, there are these special tokens you can get. I think they're black ones where uh, if you have more black ones than anyone else, you can um, move your water droplet up some more. So there are a couple ways where you can uh, easily catch up. Okay. Do you endorse it? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say uh, it's really, it's a different genre. Uh, I mean, how often do we play push your luck? Right? We're not playing zombie dice. Um, well, the push your luck genre is usually the quick games because it's like you know you don't want to make a game that's nine hours long that has lots of push your luck in it because that's going to feel frustrating. But yeah, and I mean there there's a lot of luck in it, but you're making your own luck also because there are a lot of defensive tokens that you can kind of just kind of fill your bag with, and mm -hmm. then you're almost guaranteed to get them out, and then that's going to stop you. Or you can take tokens like these purple ones here, which are going to give you benefits at the end of the round. Mm -hmm. So there are ways where you can maybe not get so far, not pushing your luck, but instead build a strategy where you're improving yourself. And so I think there's there's a lot more strategy than a push your luck. It's a it's a build your luck. Build your luck. Create your own luck, Jack. Half everything is luck, James. So definitely worth giving a try. I'm looking forward for you to try it out and see what yeah, you think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. The uh, designer, just looking him up, uh, Wolfgang Vosh. Um, <laughs> right, right from Guelph, Ontario, probably with that name. Uh, Quacks of Quidlinburg, Quidlinburg. Quidlinburg. Uh, the name was for the longest time. You could only get the German edition of this, which oh, was yeah. uh, interesting. Uh, looks like the expansion's coming out, or if it might already be out, unless this was like a um, uh, like a temporary thing. But he did the mind as well. Oh, the yeah. mind has been exploding, and yeah. to be honest, I have zero <laughs> interest in playing it. But yeah. uh, I know it's everywhere. It's one and of those difficult co-ops, right? It's like Hanabi, isn't it? Yeah. Um, something along those lines. But uh, the man, keep your eye. You're, we're probably going to be hearing a lot about him for a while. He's a prize winner. Um, Kenner, KDL, did you say? Or KDS? Or I forget how to pronounce it. <laughs> Kennerspiel DR. So K... Kennerspiel. KSJ. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is... Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Spiel DR is the game of the year and usually goes to something fairly light like Azul. And uh, the Kenner Spiel is considered kind of, I don't know, the direct translation is something like expert game of the year, but it's more of like an enthusiast game. It's like, here, here's the game of the year if it was a little heavier. Which is um, basically it was created just because Dominion won one year or they were like, we want to give it to this, but like it's going to explode the, the German peasant's mind when he <laughs> goes to pick up. But I don't know. You never know. Maybe that's why I didn't recognize it, because maybe when it won, it was still in the German name. That's exactly it. German? I forget what, uh, what does it say? Does it... No, it doesn't have it. Edition. It does have the expansion here on BGB. So, by the way, if in case you're interested in picking this up, 
BGB, Board Game Bliss, which I have considered the baseline for most of these things, $55 Canadian, more or less, which is, that's on the pricier side. Do you feel like it justifies it? Uh, We didn't pay that. Okay. Well, Joel got a deal, and I I hope (laughs) he got a deal. Okay, that's fine. But for the average person who doesn't know an owner of a board game cafe, uh, (laughs) do you feel like if you were paying $55 for it, would you be happy with that? I think it should retail around 45 is my guess. But, you know, 55 is not the end of the world. No. Sold out now. <laughs> oh, it's a pre-order now. For, that's why. Uh, so it's not out yet. So the expansion. Oh, so that's another thing is that the, each of the tokens that you saw has a recipe um, saying what it does. Mm-hmm. Each of them are interesting. But each of them has a backside, which does something totally different, which is a, more complicated. And then there's another set of res- of books in the game which has a third side and a fourth side. That's cool. So there are four different ways you can play each item. So that's some variety so, based, and if you get yeah. bored with it or so. Uh, the, the German name, the <laughs> Quacksaba von Quidlenburg. Yeah, how did I not recognize that? <laughs> it's pretty similar, actually. But anyway. Saba. All right, so that was uh, the Quacks. Quack, 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 quack. What else did you play, Joel? Play a little trap words. Mentioned that we picked that up. We didn't actually play the game as is intended. We just <laughs> tried it out. Oh, so okay. basically, we, we we set some traps and then we uh, gave some clues. We found that uh, it's I don't know. It seemed it seemed pretty easy. I don't like know. Too I mean, easy? Maybe um, we had some creative people there. But uh, the thing is, like, okay, say so, say for example, so trap words. Is kind of the uh, yeah, describe it before we go any further. Attempted sequel to Codenames. It's another Czech Games edition uh, design. Team based party. Team based party word game goes four um, to twelve according to this. Although is this something you could push to on any amount? Yeah. yeah, where one side um, is trying to get their person, their people to guess, but instead of just getting one word and one number, like in Codenames. You have any amount of words you want, as long as they're not the word, and as long as they're not uh, one of the trap words. Well, what's the trap word, Joel? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Joel. (laughs) The trap words are written by the other team, because the other team gets to see the word first. Everybody takes a turn to write down what they think the trap word should be, and then you're, as a team, supposed to cull it down to whatever the number is, so the number being between three and seven. And so you're trying to think, okay, so the word is, I don't know, marshmallow, so you're going to throw in candy and some more and, uh, you know, roast uh, stick. Mm -hmm. Maybe those are your trap words, right? So then it goes to the other team, and maybe the thing is a lot of opportunity for creativity and sort of metagaming <laughs> so like let's say for example uh we're playing with mike and mike really likes marshmallows and you say oh mike's favorite treat and oh you're say, allowed to say that yeah uh-huh. and then it's oh marshmallows okay we got it <laughs> interesting <laughs> like uh you get five guesses you're limited to five guesses all right, but all the right. other but the person giving the clues is allowed to talk as much as they want yeah uh obviously you know uh check games are at least uh What's his name when he comes up with rules is pretty strict. Vlada. Vlada on how you give those clues. But this one is pretty wide open. It's basically, there are a few things about adverbs and things like that that you're not allowed to do. But for the most part, you're basically just 
giving a clue that's going to give the answer. And if you avoid the main, you know, the obvious spirit ones. of the trap words, yeah. you're going to be okay. But we'll have to play it a little bit more because we we're mostly operating with three or four trap words, and maybe once it gets to six or seven. Well, next time tricky. we get a, a a party game situation going, which seems to happen fairly often, can yep. you bust it out? See yeah. how it goes. We'll give it a run. All right, cool. I'd give it a tenuous recommendation at this point. Tenuous, right? Well, you played it before. You picked I it up, hate right? The theme. Yeah. No, I had just read the rules. Oh, okay. Kind of hate the theme, but uh, you could just play without the theme. Really, you just say, oh see how far you can go or first to seven or something you know because basically what happens is if you succeed you go up to a higher number of trap words until you meet the monster Mm -hmm. and it's also like if again if you're you're looking to pick it up inexpensive yeah um i imagine the components are pretty basic but it's not gonna set you back much no more than twenty dollars don't pay more than twenty four i like that why don't we say don't pay more than x but um i think we said it before just go online and look up board game bliss or 401 and see, use that as your baseline. Sometimes they're a little bit higher. Sometimes they're a, bit, a little bit lower. J and J's kind of swing. Sometimes I think lately they've been a little bit more than those other guys. But uh, with J and J's, you never know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But don't pay more than twenty bucks for it. But we like them. But we like them. Uh, all right, cool. Well, let's take a music break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was the Mulholland Drive main theme by my man, Angelo Badlamenti. And I am on a hard David Lynch kick lately for some reason. I can't figure out why. Jack, how do you feel about David Lynch? Ah, he's okay. He's okay. His music is okay. Universally loved and understood. Everyone loves him and understands everything about him. And uh, What was with that video of him chewing some underwear? It's uh, You can look it up online, and I'm not going to play it right now because I don't know what's going to come up if I do that. <laughs> Uh, of it's a video of I, I I don't know the context I know nothing about it but he's with a woman and they're being filmed for something and he's and he's saying I'm gonna eat some panties now <laughs> and, and it's just been this one was spliced in some bizarre music videos kind of style um, but he he does exactly as he <laughs> told you he warned you and the the part that gets me is like they're still warm <laughs> and it's and it's bloody mouth just. <laughs> Wait, did she take hers off? Yeah, she took yeah. hers off. And it's this is just like... This it's all is, part of the show. It's all part of the show. But uh, I, I I watched uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me uh, when I was at the cottage. It's all it's a borderline tradition for me to try and watch it every year What's at the that? cottage. It's the film uh, prequel that was made for the series Twin Peaks. And the prequel came out uh, in 95, I think, or 94. It was uh, The series had ended at this point. And they made this movie that was telling the story before. If you know anything about Twin Peaks, it's about the last seven days of Laura Palmer's life before she's murdered. And it starts off, it's almost borderline two movies. The first part of it is, um, it follows uh, um, two FBI agents sent to investigate a murder, which mirrors the, the what's going to happen in the series. And they're played by Chris Isaac, the musician, as uh, Agent uh, Chet. Chester De- uh, Chester Demings Chester whatever and his he has a f- meets up with another agent uh, played by Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> who is basically <laughs> his sort of like uh, the scientist behind it but it's totally bizarre and I wanted a whole movie made with just these two kind of investigating it but and then it turns into a standard uh, more linear story after that but it's ex- extremely difficult to follow if you don't know anything about the universe or what's going on and there's some straight up abstract concepts in there that well, people will look at you and go, what did you make me watch? <laughs> but I think it's it's genuinely scary, genuinely beautiful. And um, something about Lynch that I find really, really impressive is that he's he's such a traditional optimist at heart that there's some his movies and, and TV shows can be filled with the most depraved, horrible things possible nightmares. But ultimately, he believes in good triumphing over evil and mm. of and the right people sort of get succeeding and it may not be in the way you you not always the way you imagine it to be but i think um although you could argue mulholland drive doesn't end that way so maybe <laughs> i'm i'm being wrong here but in general just firewalks in the ends like I, I i i'll be honest i tear up a little bit at the end of firewalks me because i just find it such a beautiful little end to the movie but if you haven't seen twin peaks don't watch firewalk me because it spoils the entire bloody <laughs> series so so anyway. is this this girl is this like uh is this like twenty four like each uh no 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 hour? it's not uh, <laughs> it's not like twenty four even though Kiefer Sutherland is involved in this in some sense but like um, well Twin Peaks what I mean is like how many seasons were there there were two seasons two seasons so but basically that, if you're being uh, those seven smart days kind of, are all in it's it's season. not real time it's none of that uh, stuff so it's it's just more meant to be a prequel kind mm-hmm. of like what happened before this happened 
and uh, when it came out, it uh, there were rumors it was booed at Con when it uh, premiered, but mm. the producer said, I don't remember anyone booing, so I don't know who invented this story. And it's become a, kind of one of these movies, like if you check out the rating on it right now, the Metacritic is, it's like sky high, but if went back when it came out as a commercial flop, and I think the critics weren't super pleased with it, but it's kind of more just like Twin Peaks was... Nobody talked about it at that point. It's already it's we missed the zeitgeist on it. Is it a cult classic now? I, the the series I don't know if you can even call it a cult classic now. It is. It's just a it classic. Is in your house. Uh, the movie is a cult classic because nobody talks about the movie unless you're into David Lynch. Mm. Um, Speaking of being booted, difficult to get Blu-rays out for. Oh yeah. Speaking of being booed at cons, um, the writers of Game of Thrones, Jade D and D, have uh, declined attending Camp Comic Con. Yeah, and apparently uh, Disney might be forcing them to go. <laughs> really, for a Star Wars promotion? Uh, yeah, they they deserve every boo they can get. It's I don't even hate them that much. I just think they were lazy. And uh, for people who don't know, those are the guys that were the showrunners of the Game of Thrones and responsible for every decision that was made for the most part. Yeah. Unless they come out and say, "No, this was HBO telling us to do this," or George R. R. Martin was breathing down our necks. Mm-mm. Don't believe you, by the way. But the director was saying that they were really breathing down his neck. Oh, really? He's coming out defending himself for some of, like for the long night and some of the episodes that were really unpopular. Yeah. Uh, saying that they were changing his direction all the time. Oh, really? And apparently they were really unhappy with some of the work he had done in previous seasons where uh, he had taken some kind of. Oh, he's filmed this scene through with some bars to to give some you know subtle nuances and stuff. And the, we don't want any of that. Just get stop. Just do that. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's were you saying like they were rushing him, or they're saying try not, don't be creative, micromanaging, micromanaging. Yeah. yeah, there's something to be said for. I think I've said this before, and this is why I think strong designer vision or director vision is so important. And not to bring this to board games or video games too much, but when you have something like, let's take a TV show, first season of True Detective. Every episode written by uh, Nick Pizza, Pizza Olio or whatever his name is, <laughs> Pizza and Olio. every episode was directed by Kerry Fukunaga. That sort of that consistency between every episode is important. Uh, the Nick uh, Showtime series, which was incredible, nobody talks about it. With um, what's his name? Um, oh God, I'm, I'm from Closer, uh, the uh, the stern British man who's all. Anyway, I'm killing it right now. <laughs> But every episode was directed by Steven Soderbergh, and every episode was scored by Chris, um, oh, I said, Cliff Hemsworth. Martinez. Yeah, Chris Hem, <laughs> <laughs> just playing a saxophone or something. <laughs> but every episode was just consistently good, and yeah. everything, it always looked the same and felt the same, and the story was just fantastic. So it's like when you have one single vision, I think, steering it, that's assuming this vision, like David Lynch again, going back, the Twin Peaks revival, he directed every episode, he wrote every episode that I'm aware of, with him and Mark Frost. Every episode feels the same way. So if you hate the one episode, not sure you're gonna no, like the rest of it. But if you like it, you can go great. This is fantastic. At least it's consistent. Like yeah, Jack, can you tell me? I mean, maybe you can't think of one off the top of your head because it's a bit abstract. But can you think of a single series or movie that you can, <clears throat> off the top of your head, where you know that a team of writers, a room of writers, directed it, or writ- wrote it, and it's better than something that an individual writes i don't know i'm I, i'm sure someone can pull out some examples of <laughs> it just it, it just seems like anytime there's a team of writer you get this kind of bland mishmash because they're trying to please somebody probably the leader and yeah 
Well, I'm not sure if it's, it works on the same level, but let's TV show like The Simpsons. Yeah. Team of writers, comedy writers, Thirty Rock, some of these other really funny shows. Comedy is yeah. comedy. I think is more of a collaboration. Just telling jokes. Versus like yeah, because it's like you come up with some funny idea. Is it funny? Yeah, let's work it in here. Versus like if you're trying to tell a serious story. And it's like, well, well, what if? And it's like, well, maybe it's a good idea. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it helps when you have, and maybe more when that comes with rewrites. And uh, let's run with that. Uh, yeah, Jenny, let's run with that idea about the the dragon. It burns him, but then he's not burned. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> and his clothes are fine. His clothes. What if he brushes off his shoulder? Oh yes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what if this whole movie stinks? Oh, good idea. Good idea. What if we have, we, we have spaceships slowly chasing each other? And then she takes her shirt off. What? Oh. <laughs> Go on. Anyway, it's starting to get better. Yeah, I, I'm already more intrigued than everything else we've heard. So let's go back to subject we covered previously. Uh, which is the E3 business. And I'm going to let Joel go on from here because I think he has something to say, and I have no idea what he wants to talk about. So, Joel. <laughs> All right, well, you know we have our man on the ground. Uh, turns out this year he wasn't what? on the ground. <laughs> Alex did not get press passes Okay. Uh, for his team of riders. <laughs> and so I, I have no idea where Curtis was this week. <laughs> he was gone. He took a week off, vaca- off work. Yeah. He was on vacation, never told anybody where he was going. I played disc golf with him this weekend. Yeah. Turns out he was at Alex's house watching E3 on TV. For a week? <laughs> so the two, yeah, the two of them spent a week watching every single release uh, of E3. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which just sounds so sad. but No, no, it sounds real happy. But they got the inside information for us. Well, okay. I mean, they got what, what we saw. <laughs> <laughs> They got the same information, but they watched the Nintendo release. But they paid they attention, yeah. and they watched the Bethesda release. And yeah. this is what I wanted to bring up. Okay, is, um, <clears throat> Curtis was impressed by the changes they made for Fallout seventy six. Um, if you look back at the early days of WoW, it stunk. Mm-hmm. Right, it was something very new and exciting, but it was broken. There were a lot of bugs. There was not much, go- not much you could do. Uh, limitation once you hit, hit final level there was really nothing you could do um, is there a chance in your mind <laughs> Fallout 76 can be redeemed uh, here's some of the changes they brought in uh, NPCs okay. actually exist <laughs> great <laughs> a, a, fall, a, a uh, battle royale mode of course because <laughs> that's what they need <laughs> and um I don't know. Apparently, some, I don't know <laughs> some new adventures or something. I don't know. Curtis was impressed. <laughs> Said he might play. I'm, Did he play? It? I'm not sold. But I, I didn't think no, Curtis he cared about it on TV. Okay. No, he, he he never played. But, okay. Um, I asked him because pointed question. Right? What did you think of the the Bethesda release? They didn't really release anything except for the changes to that and. Commander Keen on mobile. Oh man, I just I didn't even I had not even seen any the gameplay until I just heard about it and I thought oh man Bethesda you but then I saw it and I thought oh man it's worse than I could have imagined <laughs> they what? somehow screwed it up really because I suffered through a whole trailer because you know Fallout Shelter wasn't a bad game yeah 
not a single bit of gameplay in the trailer. So I don't know what, what you must have seen something different. Maybe it's more more of a recent thing, but it looked like it was it it looked like a puzzle game almost that I saw. So <laughs> I'm willing to admit it was fake, but in or, or I was seeing crazy things. But what I saw was horrifying. Commander and Keen bejeweled. Oh, it, well, my, why not? <laughs> just <laughs> just just shoot me. Anipong. Any what? You remember Anipong? It was like a Korean uh, bejeweled. Nope. <laughs> I, I hated cell phones so much by the time I left. <laughs> Just that and Minecraft. Minecraft was exploding when we left, or when I left, at I least. I never understand how you could play that on your it phone. It looked I awful. I see it being played, but I just... Like, I, I, I straight just up asked kids. I said, how is this fun? It looks awful. And teacher, you no understand. You're right. I don't. <laughs> Goodbye. Anyway, so is that our big E3 news that they, Alex didn't go? <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Alex wasn't there. He watched it on TV, and um, they were, they're really excited about we're, Nintendo. I want to ask – well, I, was, I should ask Curtis what his thoughts are about the Pokemon game they showed for the Switch because um, – I'm seeing some posts about people saying, like, delay the game. It is not ready for prime time. Because even in the stuff they were showing at E3, there was texture pop-ins. Uh, there, were, there were weird uh, glitches. And there were, like, objects, like, the G objects not lined up properly to the ground. So they were floating and just looked bad. Yeah. And maybe this was, like, an alpha release or something that they said, we got to have some for E3. Get it out. And they did, and just like, ooh, okay. Their demo is bad, eh? Well, I don't even know if the demo per se was bad, but just what they were showing was not good. Oh, right, because they are showing the game there to people. I don't know. I had one more question, E3 question for you. And it's a pretty, pretty simple one. Um, the one game that didn't need hype got so much hype, right? You didn't um, get many updates, anything real, because they're pretty hush-hush, but CDPR, through Keanu Reeves, the most popular guy on the internet right now, mm -hmm. um, into their game. Right, which is perfect timing, because obviously they've been doing it for a while, and then John Wick 3 comes out, and yeah. everybody's loving it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they knew. Do you think they had that plan? It's like, John Wick's going to be out. <laughs> and were they hoping it was going to be good? <laughs> yeah, it stinks. And then oh, like, no. Get this guy off the stage. Yeah. Uh, I know that you won't pre-order it, yeah. but are you going to buy it on its release or are you going to wait? No. For me, there'd be no point in buying on release, too. It's like... And The Witcher 3, like, I don't know if I would have bought that on release because for me, it's the problem with software is especially that there it's very few times unless I'm insane. Like, I bought Resident Evil 2. Yeah. And that's one of the most, I think, in six years, the only time I've bought a game... Um, like day I don't think of I've everything bought it. Well, Starcraft. Starcraft. Well, yeah, I picked up Star. I, I waited in line <laughs> at midnight, and then I couldn't log in. I was fear. <laughs> anyway, Online Diablo only. three. I bought day of. That was another. Thank you, Blizzard. I'm two <laughs> for welcome. two right now. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't know. I think when I get I get worried when I hear things with like day one 40 gig patch. I think, oh man, you rush this out. So hopefully. Yeah. The Slavs can work their magic, and it's just like a great game. Now, if, if I hear it's it works great as intended, maybe I'll consider it. But I think you're just asking yourself, for, or you're just setting yourself up for some headaches, especially with PC, yeah. because there's so many variances in the, the the hardware. So it's like you could have, you could buy it and have the greatest time in the world. I can have, it, and it's like, well, because of this issue with the AMD uh, yeah, 290X card, 
uh, we're waiting oh, for it. It's, it's AMD's fault. And AMD sees it. No, it's CD Projekt Red's <laughs> fault. They're fighting back and forth. Jadik's like, no, Dad, Mom, stop <laughs> fighting. Just make my game run. What about you? Are you going to pre-order? I don't know. Would you I'll, buy day I'll, of? I think I'll, I'll do a first sale. First sale? The first sale of the game, yeah. So oh, I understand. Like, Sorry. 30% off or whatever, I'll, I'll pick that up. I think it drops. Like, probably CD Projekt Red's pretty good with the sales and stuff because the witcher 3 goes on sale frequently and i'm and even when it was out i think they were doing like 10 15 percent off pretty quick on yeah. that game which is doesn't hurt the game like it's not like they're saying uh this game isn't selling it's just like if you're holding off you're all your friends are playing now you too can experience the adventures it's certainly won enough awards the witcher yeah yeah i, I wasn't even paying attention to that but yeah the cyberpunk obviously biggest game it's my friend, I think I told you this, I don't know if I said already or on last week or not, but he picked up, he, when Walmart's deal came out, he went and pre-ordered from Walmart for 55 bucks because he knew he was going to buy it and might as well save, um, what, $15 on the game yeah. that you're going to buy eventually. That's a pretty good price. It's an incredible price for a piece of software that, like, what's the average price of a game these days? Like, you walk out after taxes, you're paying 90 dollars sometimes mm -hmm. 100 depending on what game you've bought. Which, to me, it gets in the whole pre-order thing. And I know I'm the last person to talk about like how expensive board games are sometimes. But the at least with some of these board games, you're sitting there and you can look at reviews and say, like, is this worth it? Is this up my alley? Yes or no? You are taking a risk on this, picking up this game day one, spending $90 on something, throwing it at your machine, hoping it's half decent. Especially when so many are half-baked and unfinished. Yeah. I'll not to say that all games are half-baked <laughs> or aren't. Anyway. I wonder if there's... I Honestly, I abstractly hope that Fallout 76 becomes a good game. Just, you know, after they, after all they've been through. Well, this is the thing. Just because we're cynical doesn't mean we don't want good games. Yeah. It's it's about... Nothing would make me happier if somebody... It's like they release a patch tomorrow and all of a sudden they say, Fallout 76 is like the greatest game ever made. I say, <laughs> I, must, I, I doubt you, but I'm <laughs> going to play it. Yeah, X to doubt, but... I want it to be good. Yeah. I don't think it's going to get good. That's just Get me. good. Time's up. Time's up. Thank you for listening to Android's Dungeon, CFRU. Shout at us if you like something we heard. Shout, us a, shout at us if you didn't like anything you heard. And support the station in some way if you feel like it. Join uh, Guelph Board Gamers if you're around. Guelph Board Game Group. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, shell, we're going to shell that group because it's a good group. Not as much activity as we like, but I haven't posted in there very often, so it's my fault. It's just as so much. So, anyway, thank you for listening. I'm Jack. I'm Joe. Have a good one. Bye bye.